welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is about optimizing sleep. Whether you're an advanced biohacker or a beginner biohacker, you know that sleep is the single most important thing that you can do to optimize your health, your performance, and of course, your longevity. And my guest today is Tara Youngblood. She is the CEO of Chili Sleep. And she works with leading international researchers to further studies on cold therapy and its impact on sleep. She is a visionary leader in the future of sleep-driven health, combining multiple disciplines, including alternative medicine, physics, and sleep diagnostics. Her research has led to over a dozen patents. So needless to say, Tara knows her stuff. She knows what she speaks of. And I can tell you on my part that the Uller device has made an incredible difference in my sleep. I used to use a competitive product and it don't, they don't even match up. Number one, the Uller is colder when I need it to be colder and it's quieter. And sound is also really important when we sleep, guys. So I encourage you to check out this episode. If you haven't got one of these devices and body temperature is at all an issue for you, then you're going to want to check this out. It's amazing for athletes. It's amazing for just anybody. And you'll notice if you monitor your sleep metrics that once you start using these devices to cool, bring your body temperature down while you sleep, it has a material impact on how much deep sleep you get, how restored you feel in the morning, and even your heart rate variability. So I'm going to stop ranting about it because as you can see, I'm a huge fan. If you want to learn more, you can go to chillysleep.com. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach me at natnidham.com. And if you decide you need to own one of these for yourself, we have two discount codes for you. We have nat30, which will save you 30% off the Chili Cube, their first iteration of the device, or the Uller, which is what I have. Or you can use NAT10 and save 10% off their brand new Doc Pro system, which is the more advanced system. As always, if you get value from this episode, please make sure that you share it with your family, friends, and networks. If you love the episode and feel inspired, please do leave us a review because it's those reviews that allow us to be seen and found and to reach more people. And of course, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, thank you, and enjoy the episode. Hey folks, just a little bit of housekeeping before we launch into the episode. Please remember that all of the information provided in these podcasts is for information purposes only. We are never offering treatments, cures, whatever, for any kind of disease or medical condition. Anything you hear about here is going to be intriguing. There's some research around it, but make sure that you check with your medical provider before you go off and do any of this stuff for yourself. All right. Enjoy the episode. And also, if you're looking to connect connect with me for any reason, with your comments, questions, whatever it may be, you can reach me through my website, which is natnidham.com, or you can find me on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, or on MeWe in the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Group. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Natalie Nidham. Natalie is with an H between the T and the 
A, the second A. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. Hey, folks, just a quick minute to thank our sponsor for this episode, Oxford HealthSpan, makers of Primadine, the only spermidine supplement that I personally use and recommend to my clients and family. Spermidine has earned a permanent spot on my longevity stack. Research has shown that spermidine positively impacts six of the nine hallmarks of aging, including protecting your DNA from damage as you age. Regular users also experience visible results after just one to three months, including better hair, skin, nails, and deeper sleep. I choose Primadine because it is the only spermidine supplement on the market that is free of any additives or excipients, while including a prebiotic to feed your own bacteria to make more of your own spermidine. And now Primadine also has a gluten-free version. To try Primadine, go to primadine.com and use discount code BIONAT15 to save 15% off your purchase. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Tara Youngblood. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. It is great to be here. Yeah, well, you're a fellow Canadian, sort of. I know. I was actually just going to say, well, I actually wish I was in Toronto. That'd be kind of fun. We have not gotten to, I have not gotten to go home with COVID. So mm-hmm. I haven't been back to Canada since COVID started. We went for Christmas right before that March, 2020, but it's been that long and definitely wow. my whole family is missing it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No time for you to come home, but maybe wait in a couple of months till it cools off until it warms up. a little bit. <laughs> I, I have to say, I only come home in the summertime generally, yeah. <laughs> unless I go to ski. Um, Cause the rest of my family is out uh, in Alberta. So if I go, go there, I go to ski and then that works, but otherwise, yeah, it's nicer when it's warmer. Yeah, no kidding. And especially this time of year in March for for Canadians. Anyway, we get to this point of the winter where we're ready for it to be over. And this is where you get those those last heaves of winter that, you know, things melt and then all of a sudden you get a massive snowstorm or something. And it's so depressing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I have to say North Carolina is really kind. It hits the end of February and all the trees are now blooming. Uh, even just the first week, it's like that first day of March. It's like, okay, we're ready to pop. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't miss that spring part of Canada where it's constantly teasing you. Okay, exactly. Anyway, we've done the Canadian thing. We've talked about the weather. it is so canadian i kind of miss it i've been in the u.s now for like a very long time i shouldn't say but even but uh, yes i i do miss all of those canadianisms we totally i had a cousin come from switzerland once and he looked at me after a few days and he said people actually only talk about the weather here and i said yes we even have a channel devoted to the weather and he looked at me like i had three heads he is like you are kidding me you do not i'm like oh yeah it's called the weather network check it out (laughs) anyway all right we're done with the weather people we're moving on to more interesting things like for example tara tell us about how you got into this whole sleep business because you are now uh, i I don't know you're the ceo the founder of chili sleep and i think you're going through some rebranding you've got a new company name you've got all kinds of stuff going on but Tell us a little bit of, tell us about yourself, Tara. How did you, how, how are you doing here, this stuff here now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the new company name is Sleep Me. Chili Sleep is still the core brand for our thermal regulation products, but you're right. We're kind of, it's almost a coming out party. So, you know, my journey with sleep, um, I am co-founder. My husband and I founded this company um, in 2007. So arguably really early in this whole conversation about sleep, mattresses talked about sleep, but they're really just a piece of furniture 
sure you sleep on. Generally, a mattress has not solved anyone's sleep ever, unfortunately. Um, they make it better. And if it's really bad, they might, you know, prevent you from sleeping, but it's really not a solution for sleep. Um, and, you know, we in, we came up with this idea. Todd's uncle invented the waterbed. So if you've ever slept on a waterbed without oh, the wow. heater, you're like, wow, that can really cool you off. Um, and at that time, microclimates control and seats in cars was coming out. So if a driver and a passenger could be a different temperature, we're like, I want that. Todd sleeps really hot. And when he gets really hot, I was like putting up pillows. I'm like, if I could just keep your heat on your side, that would be really great. So um, that's why there's, there's dual temperature control, but it turns out that Temperature has a really unique role in sleep and how it talks to your brain. Sleep in general is in the old part of your brain and that's your brain's all one age for you as a person, but obviously evolutionary sleep is really old. Every single organism has an on off like interval and, and what do you call that sleep? Cause it's a small organism or not that interval basically is sleep. And so we have that off switch designed into us. And so it's all unconscious triggered for the most part. We talk about the pillars of sleep and the ways in which we influence that. And you and I'll talk about that later. Um, but you know, sleep itself, Self is just such a complicated thing. Um, in 2008, our youngest son passed away really suddenly. Oh, and so here I was, um, you know, marketing sleep products, talking about sleep, but I basically stopped sleeping by any sort of measurable sense. The depression and grief for me was, was really extreme. And I stopped, I just stopped sleeping. Um, obviously you, you get to a state of almost delirium, um, that you go through with this. And it was an epiphany at a trade show where I'm selling sleep stuff. And I'm like, I, I can't sleep. How am I, how am I talking about this? Um, temperature regulation, like I said, is special, but it, it didn't solve it entirely for me. And certainly not with mental health issues going on at the same time. Um, my background is in physics. Um, and so big researcher. So I'm like, there has to be an answer somewhere in the planet for how does this really work and sleep research. Although we've been researching sleep sort of for a long time, the first article that tied lack of sleep to a health outcome was in 1999. So wow. even in like 2009, when I was really trying to get into sleep research and figure out what's going on in my own sleep, as relatively in an infancy. So, you know, there were studies, a lot of talk was about REM sleep, which we could talk about the different states, but because rapid eye movement, that's what REM sleep stands for, is easier to measure. You can stare at someone when they're sleeping and see when that's happening. So that was an easy measurement. You talk about duration and sleep. That was another easy thing to measure because you could tell when someone's asleep and when there's awake. <laughs> but the quality metric of sleep was really hard to get to. Um, so there was some research out of Harvard, Clifford Sapier of a sleep switch, which again, when you're not sleeping, you think, oh my God, there's a switch. I want to know the switch. I want to understand what this, how do I just turn this on? It is that simple. Where's um, the damn switch? Where's the damn switch? Cause you're like, okay, if I'm not sleeping and it was a switch, I'm going to be really angry. Um, <laughs> But it is, it's a neurological switch and it turns out it's a change of temperature. And the, the key part there is a change of temperature. And we think about sleep as being old evolutionary wise. And we used to sleep outside and the planet is not one constant temperature. It is changing. And even throughout the day. So if you look at the pattern of circadian rhythm, it actually me measures and looks like the temperature profile. Mm. Even that after lunch dip that you see is really for us going in the shade. It's to cool us down after 
after after lunch in the peak of the day, we usually seek shelter that is cooler than the outside temperature during that time. But our circadian rhythm looks like a map of the temperature outside during the day. And if we're constantly in one temperature environment, which most of us are, mm-hmm. our houses are one temperature, our cars one temperature, every even seasonally, we don't have huge sw- switches and yeah. change of temperature. You generally keep your house around the same temperature, you know, maybe a few degrees difference, but there's no change that's triggering that sleep switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the deep dive into thermal regulation happened. But I did spend time in sort of Eastern medicine, um, traditional Chinese medicine. There's all sorts of fascinating parts that happen with sleep there. Ayurvedic has a, a different approach to how sleep works, um, kind of did a deep dive there. And even neuroscience and psychology come at it from very different profiles. And so really, I feel like the benefit of where I've been rather than a researcher just in a neuroscience um, tunnel is that broad base really allows you to explore all the facets of sleep. And it turns out it's, it is really complicated, but I talk Mm -hmm. about it in terms of once you find your recipe, which is exactly what I would describe what you were showing me this morning is once you figure out your recipe, it's not that hard suddenly, but it's like baking bread. If someone throws a loaf of bread in front of you and says, okay, go ahead and bake that. And you've never done it before. It's like very complicated. And you're like, well, yeast has to rise. How long does that work? How does that all fit together? And you're like, no, but if you know a recipe and someone walks you through it, turns out you're like, oh, I can bake bread. That's okay. And so that is really where I got to with sleep is how do we break this down? How do we make that recipe for sleep individualized because my recipe is not your recipe. There's some, there's some ingrained parts of it. And I talk about the three pillars of sleep, those pillars of sleep of, you know, what are the behaviors that you're doing and what is your mindset? And then what is the environment for sleep? Those three pillars of sleep turn out are the big foundations, but within those foundations, there's lots of different levers you can use. And you end up in that solid recipe at the end. And when you get that, it's, it's, it is unleashing that button. That is the easy button for sleep when you get to a recipe and there is a button you can turn on and go to sleep and wake up refreshed. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's so fascinating. And one of the things that, um, that I've learned just from consuming your, you know, you've got a lot of information out there. I think I was listening to another interview that you did and you introduced this concept that I had actually not really come across. And yet from an evolutionary pr- perspective, you just alluded to it earlier, this, this idea that your, the temperature of your bed needs to, ch- of your environment needs to change in order for, and this is what you're talking about, in order for you to wake up. So we need it to be cool for our deep sleep but we need it to get warm, a little warmer for our REM sleep. And the funny story for me is that I started using the Uller around December and I'd been using a different product earlier that I realized once I started using the Uller, you know, didn't really measure up because the Uller gets me a lot colder than, mm-hmm. than this other device did. And the Uller is also, although it, you can hear a noise, the noise is constant. So it becomes white. It truly is white noise through the night, which is, mm-hmm. which has its own benefits. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what I've noticed, and it's funny that I just came across this not that long ago. What I've noticed is I'm waking up in the morning and I'm cold. Like I've got, I've got my blankets, I've got my duvet, I've got an extra blanket on top of that. And so the top of me is cold, but it's like, I can't lie on my back because then too much of me is exposed to the cold and I need to lie on my side. <laughs> so it's less surface area with the cold. And you talk about this idea that, and it's built into the device. I mean, I should have spent more time with it, frankly, 
that we have the capacity and the need for that temperature to, to rise so that A, it facilitates REM sleep, which is a different stage of sleep, and allows us to kind of come back up to the surface as it were, so that we can wake up properly in the morning. So maybe yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that because it's totally what would happen if you were camping, right? It would get super cold at night and then it would warm up in the morning. Yeah. So, and we even have a warm awake feature. I will say it sounds like you think of a warm, snuggly bed. I don't want to get out, but when you get yeah. too hot, it actually wakes you up. And that is the reverse side of the sleep switch of turning it on in order to turn off sleep. And that's almost as important as turning on sleep, arguably even more important because if you don't turn off sleep, you stay in that state of, of groggy. So we'll have people that say, okay, well, I, I think I slept okay, but I'm still feeling groggy or tired in the morning. Um, when you warm up to wake up, it actually has a release of cortisol and you can actually ride that release of cortisol and not need caffeine for arguably about first 60 to 90 minutes. And then if you still are a caffeine follower, do it then that's when your cognitive mm -hmm. brain is ready for that input. And it actually will improve the reaction times and, and the availability of that caffeine. You talk about people, a lot of uh, time in the performance space, they'll take their pre-workouts, they'll do that kind of thing. Hydrate first, enjoy the, the buzz of that turning off that sleep switch, and then, you know, jump into your workout or, or wherever it is. Um, you know, a lot of people can just take a warm shower, you know, be a little super warm in your shower. That'll also warm you up. It's important to get warm first thing in the morning. That really triggers, um, again, the end of sleep, which starts the march toward going back to sleep. So if you don't turn off sleep, and it stays in limbo when you're kind of cold, you're not really getting warmed up for your day. It's not sure if sleep is on or off. And we want, it's a really strict mechanical process, honestly, where sleep is, is driven by this, this need to sleep. And if it, it doesn't start until later, it makes it harder to figure out when you go to fall asleep. Um, your brain's like, well, when did we stop? When did we yeah. start? Yeah. Like, is it really been the right amount of time? Have we, you know, filled up what we need to do in order to do that? And so if we don't turn it off, it becomes a, a bigger problem. Um, but REM sleep is definitely likes it warmer. So the beauty of Uller is you can, you can set that schedule. Um, I like to warm up to still fall asleep. So some people will be cold and they like to fall asleep. Again, that change of temperature, the spectrum of the influence temperature has on an individual is mind boggling. So for some people putting on warm socks can be enough of a change of temperature. Yeah. And at the very extreme, um, and when talk about this with Terry Walls, who works with people with MS, yeah. um, she actually will do a 20 minute ice bath um, mm -hmm. to get herself to sleep. So between warm socks and a 20 minute ice bath, there's a full spectrum and all of us fit somewhere in between what that change of temperature looks like, but it is potentially different. And generally, if you think about what feels good to sleep in is the place to start. So if you're like, want to snuggle up, you're a nester, you want to make a nice, soft, cozy nest. Chances are you want to warm up. But if you're flipping off the covers and you're hot to go to sleep, then definitely start cooler and 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 lean into that spectrum where you're going to cool off to go to sleep. Right. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I once I got my hands on the Uller, I I started to feel less need to do a cold shower before bed because I had played with that hack. I will play with it more when we're at our cottage. 
Um, so we have a lake house. There's no air conditioning at our cottage. There's no nothing. Right? It's like it's it's a cottage, and um, and I will say that having a sleep cooling system, a mattress cooling system there, has been a complete game changer. And as much as an Uller or chili cube or whatever it is, it's not necessarily going to replace your air conditioning. But if you don't have air conditioning, it can make the difference between lying awake at night and and actually sleeping. I mean. I'm not a huge fan of air conditioning at the best of times, um, but definitely it's even in an, in a place without access to air conditioning, it can make the difference between sleeping and not sleeping at all. So I know we're going to talk about the new product coming out, but I, w- I will say Cube and Uller are absolutely that they're an enhancement to air conditioning or temperature management. Um, yeah. The new Doc Pro has such an, a significant temperature differential um, that we're actually in a study right now in the UK um, about being an air conditioning replacement. So wow. you know, in the UK, there's not a lot of prevalence of air conditioning or like your cottage. Um, it's also, you know, Australia is another one of our big markets where there's an, a huge amount of air conditioning. And so um, this one does have the thermal exchange and the ability to, to mitigate that. So in the scenario where you don't want to have air conditioning, it's um, I'm enjoying it. We're just sort of talking about the weather. We're back to weather, but in North Carolina, <laughs> it's a Canadian it's nice, thing. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's nice to have the windows open and have it be a little warmer because we're warming up now during the day. And I don't need to have air conditioning on because when I'm in bed, I, I still get to be whatever temperature I want, but I can enjoy the, the fresh air longer um, than I would normally. Um, North Carolina, we do get to air conditioning. I want to be in air conditioning even when I'm awake. But if, if you don't need to have air conditioning on most of the time, and you're just looking to solve for sleep. That is a, definitely a, a real solution. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. So we'll talk about the the new device in a little while, but let's go back to what you were talking about earlier. And it's this, you talk about it as a sleep recipe, as you know, in my world, I use just different language. I call it a sleep stack. And I love what you said about how individual it is. Like there are, look, there's going to be base, base practices for everybody, right? Wearing like either avoiding screens or if you can't avoid screens, then wearing blue blockers before going to bed is a big deal. Like cutting out that stimulus of the blue light to your brain, telling it to wake up is a big deal. And I think sometimes we need to frame it that way so that people understand why, why, Mm -hmm. why can't I look at my screen? And then the other one, of course, is not watching the news. So not psychologically revving yourself up before bed. But then for me, you know, we were just talking about before, like I have my currently this little supplement stack, which is not a big stack that along with another practice from a whole other realm has really tied it together. And I'm seeing sleep scores in the high nineties from off my bio strap, not to mention the fact that I'm waking up refreshed and that I'm not dead tired at the end of the day. And my days are very full. So I think one of the mistakes people make is they look at their sleep metrics in the morning to tell them how they feel. <laughs> yes, it's it's definitely, I mean, we have a sleep tracker um, coming out this year and it's it's really a, a, a change of that during real time because the look back can be just as detrimental. Generally, the subjective score that most people will tell you, like if you hit them up the moment they open their eyes and say, how did you sleep? They'll tell you one way and that's generally pretty accurate to how they're feeling. Um, and the sleep state scores on all wearables 
average between 40 to 60%. So all of your wearables when it comes to sleep state. So if you're benchmarking it, you want to really look at trends. You don't want to look at just one, like, did I hit deep sleep randomly tonight? Um, Mm -hmm. That's going to not likely be that accurate because sometimes they'll even assume like a wearable can assume you're in sleep when you're watching TV. If you're watching TV in your bed or on your couch, it'll sometimes trigger that. So, you know, it's, it's really accurate on its resting heart rate. It's going to be really accurate on its HRV, which are all really still good, solid scores and they're, they're valuable. But if you're not going to actionably use that data, just sleep better. You yeah. yourself know yourself. And, and that's honestly the most valuable cue. We forget that we're our own scientists. Our body is our own place to, to know ourselves better. No doctor, no one on the planet. I No one's going to know you better than you. And so if you wake up feeling tired, you know you're tired. If you're not tired and you're getting rested, that's the honestly the best score. Yeah. No. And the other thing that you, I want to circle back to that you talked about was by and and we spend so much time agonizing over falling asleep and then and and rightly so because people who can't fall asleep people who can't stay asleep it's a massive issue mm-hmm. but on the other side of the coin that waking up piece the not having to use caffeine as a tool to wake up but rather i love what you just said about tapping into it for its superpowers for cognitive um uh cognitive stimulation rather than the crutch that's going to allow you to keep your eyes open so that you can function at the beginning of part of the day. Like, I mean, I'm married to a guy who I'm not really allowed to talk to him (laughs) before he's had three coffees. And I've actually been able to move the needle on that lately, even though I don't know that he fully realizes it yet, because I can see he's more functional in the morning just Mm -hmm. by getting him to tape his mouth shut, which is another piece Mm -hmm. of the sleep puzzle, right? The mouth breather that really doesn't sleep that well, that really doesn't recover through the night. And he's an athlete. So I was thinking maybe we could talk about athletes a little bit because he knows that on those nights where he goes to swim practice, he can forget about sleep. Like it's just, he's going to, like his muscles will twitch in the night. So we do need to get him on some temperature regulation. We work, we work with athletes a lot. We are in every major sport. Um, you know, I can name drop all over the place, but you know, when it, when it comes and we are, you know, I'm an official sleep coach for a bunch of teams. Um, so we've been able to make a pretty big difference, but the problem with athletes and the problem with working out, um, the similar thing is eating late. So if you have a, a meal and you're out with friends late, you're drinking alcohol late. A lot of people use alcohol to fall asleep. Unfortunately, what all of those do is increase your metabolism and makes you hot at night. Fortunately, those are all really pretty easy fixes. Um, Mm -hmm. Arguably, our product does fix that. Even the new product is even better at mitigating that. So the increase in metabolism that comes with drinking late, you know, sleep is just a big party pooper for that. So you can mitigate that increase in temperature. There's, you know, it's, it's a formula of wherever you're setting your current temperature at. If you're using our product, it's about five degrees cooler, but you can actually mitigate most of the effect of that. It's arguably better not to do it for your circadian rhythm. Yeah. But 
not everyone, they're shift workers. We work with military. Um, we work with all different, you know, professional athletes. They have a baseball game at night. That's their job. They yeah. can't not do their job um, from seven till 10 o'clock at night. That's what they do. So I think that the important part is back to that recipe is we all have not only our different bodies, but we have different schedules and different ways in which we can do that. But there is a way to plan. If you, again, go back to the pillars of sleep between those behaviors, your mindset and the environment to use the cues and to talk to your brain in a way that says, hey, I really need to go to sleep now, even though the brain was planning it to be on matching a certain clock. It really is about saying, okay, this is the clock. I get it. That's my body clock, but I'm going to play around with it because I have to for my work. We get that with shift workers a lot and definitely with our athletes. We get that with jet lag, Um, but it is shifting just like your clock and your computer can be shifted to a different time zone. It really is a, a shift. I'm going to shift this and you can um, manipulate your circadian rhythm to, to sort of manage that. Um, and, and temperature is just a key part of it. So there's yeah. lots of studies on, on just that role of temperature on resetting and managing your circadian rhythm. Um, but that is a, a very powerful tool. Light is another one, as you mentioned, um, but using those environmental cues to talk to your unconscious brain to say, I need to shift you this way in order to function because we still need to do our jobs. We still need to, if you're a nurse, a night nurse, you still need to get sleep, but that's your job to show up at night and we obviously need those folks there doing that. So how do we get sleep that works for us? And that's a big part of the sleep me brand and the rollout is, is creating framework and methodology to, to understand how to do that. Yeah. I love, I'm, you know, I, I really love that you mentioned, I mean, not so much the drinking beer late mitigation because we can choose to not drink beer, yeah. but we, you know, and I've definitely like in my husband's case, I've trained him now you eat either a very early dinner or you have a protein shake before you go swim and you come back and he, because he's expending so much energy in the water, like those workouts are really tough. He'll have a protein bar so that yeah. we're now not putting a bunch of liquid into him. We're putting something solid that is a bit more grounding just to help to back up that window. But, but what I really love that you just said is helping people who are shift workers, people who are, you know, business travelers and come back from a business trip and they're completely off, you know, what you, the next step you guys have to do from a corporate perspective is get into hotels. (laughs) Yes. We have that conversation. That's the biggest thing, even with the athletes of like, well, could you just make that? So we actually have go kits now for them. And we talk about something called a sleep ritual, which is a sort of an expansion of that recipe. But what is the thing you do every single night that trick basically trips your brain into saying, okay. And you'll see it with athletes that listen to a particular song or or soundtrack before they go work out and you're kind of prepping your body. And you can see in studies when they do that, there's a, an actual increase in metabolism as they get ready. Their, their body is responding like, okay, every time I hear this song, I am supposed to do this. Yeah. So we can train our brains and our bodies to recognize certain cues. So with our athletes, we actually create that ritual of, you know, they may or may not have the Uller or, you know, a temperature control at home, but they can do the following things. And we really work with them to make sure that the following things happen in that order, in that way, and that they give their brain time to train. But once their brains are trained, they can actually fall asleep way faster and do it anywhere. So what are those fundamental parts? Again, they will shift slightly for the individual, but most people can, you know, again, within a certain framework of the pillars where they're 
they're going to settle down their mind. They're going to do certain behaviors and then they're going to have certain environmental cues. Sound is very portable. So sound is one of those easy ways to create cues. Um, even if you can't manage light and temperature as easily based on, mm-hmm. I, I was just at a big game and, you know, you can't control blue light blocking glasses at a baseball yeah. game. No. So, you know, <laughs> So, you know, mitigating against those, but if you can use the other factors, we can get cues and your body really wants to be trainable. They, they want habit. It just wants a a particular habit. And if it knows what that habit is, it usually responds and we can create great results over time. Maybe not as good as sleeping at home, but at least you get consistency on the road. Yeah. Well, and I mean, as you say this, I mean, this is what we do with our babies, right? We Mm -hmm. create a sleep ritual for them. It's a story time. It's a bath. It's all those things. And so definitely for someone on the road, you don't have a sleep cooling device for your bed, but you sure have a shower and you can take a cold shower. Or if you're the person that needs, because I've heard it both ways, right? I've heard people say, and I've, and I've spoken to people where a cold shower really helps them to get into deep sleep. But then you talk to other people and they're like, no, it's the heat that's going to force the body Mm -hmm. to then cool itself off. That'll help you to get to sleep. And to your point where you keep talking about it's a different recipe for different people. It just seems that different people find that path, whatever it may be. And it's presenting the the different options to them Mm -hmm. and helping them to create that that system, if it will. Yeah, you really need to think of sleep as this, you know, big, huge dashboard. If you see it at like a sound studio where you see all of those different levers Mm -hmm. and our bodies sleep in particular is a series of those levers and that button, you know, the low and the high temperature is one of those, you know, light is very similar, you know, how much influence some people, it's a really big problem. Other people it's not as much. Everyone generally benefits from managing light in some form. So it's not that, you know, because we get that even with, Um, Todd is not my co-founder and husband. He's not affected by caffeine really at all. Like he can have a big pot of coffee and go to bed and you're like, really? Like for me, (laughs) that's not the case. And there's certain parts that Todd is our our chronotype and stuff with that, but there's a small percentage of the population. It doesn't matter. So if it doesn't matter to you, put it in the category of that's not part of my recipe, but there Mm -hmm. are, you know, and figure out what are the key cornerstones of, I must have the following back to that ritual. That's your base. And then there's that broader recipe that delivers consistency over a, a longer span. Yeah. So what would you say, I mean, because you work with so many people in extreme situations, like the shift workers, the athletes who become shift workers in a weird way, right? Because when Mm -hmm. they're traveling out of town, their, their clocks are all over the place. What are the constants that you've seen that seem to work for most people over and over again? Like just. Yeah. So back to the you know, sort of pillars of sleep. And I'll keep hounding that just because it it really is really fundamental and within those pillars. So when you think about mindset, there's so much that's in there. There's settling down your prefrontal cortex because you're spinning on an idea or you're spinning on what just happened, or you had a stressful day and it's going, going, going. There's, you know, that, and you can influence that with meditation. You can influence that with breathing um, and you can influence that. There's, um, you know, one of the most powerful ones, especially in the middle of the night, um, we have great results. We also have great results um, with it, even in helping them fall asleep, um, which is crazy. If you think of yoga nidra, and I don't know if you've heard of that before, but it's a particular um, methodology of yoga that's really focused on 
deep, deep recovery. So studies have shown uh, 20 minutes of yoga nidra can actually match some of the recovery metrics of deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And it really, it really creates that sort of forces your body into a state of, of sleep. A lot of people will fall asleep even during the meditation, even if it's just randomly another time we've got some on our sleep me site, but you can Google it anywhere. Um, and we've done it with our athletes. And if you can imagine a whole room full of 20 something year old guys laying on the floor and, and it's not yoga in the sense of lots of yoga moves and, you know, downward dog. It's literally you're laying flat and you're moving through the meditation where you're clenching and releasing big muscle groups as you go. So there's a physical element in with breathing in with meditation. So it's a a kind of a full court press on what that is. And if you have a hard time in the middle of the night, falling back to sleep, that's really powerful. It's also really powerful. If you've just come off of a big baseball game and you had a big win and you get to need to go to sleep, um, you know, an hour later, um, it's really, that's where we use that a lot, but, um, it's actually one of the most popular things with our athletes. Um, I don't know if they'd want to admit it publicly that (laughs) yoga nidra is there, you know, some of those hot shots, secret but, weapon, <laughs> secret weapon. Um, but it, it like feedback on surveys, it's, it's, it's a really powerful tool. So again, back to that mindset of settling down your brain, really doing that. There's a, a spectrum of, you know, some people will just find breathing is enough. Some people will be an, an even gratitude or a journal, but something to manage your mindset is a really important element of that. So you stop that prefrontal cortex spinning. If in doubt, um, we actually, have a product that does it and lots of patents around it. It was really um, part of that REM research in the 2009s. Um, But if you can cool your head, if you can cool your prefrontal Mm. cortex, even just a cool washcloth um, will enable you to help settle your brain down more. So if you're, if you're struggling, you're doing breathing techniques and you're, you're like, well, I'm not sure it's working. Try cooling your forehead. Um, Grandma had it right. A cool head is, is a better head. And it is, it is, it is true. You can help again, signal your body to say, slow down a little bit. And the firings in that prefrontal cortex will actually slow down. So there's, you know, that's your mindset. Um, we look at behaviors and that's where you talked about, you know, what does your husband eat before mm-hmm. he goes to bed? We're basically fasting when we're, when we're not sleeping. And so someone that is severely sleep deprived will actually, if you took their blood levels, even if there's no other indicators, any other time that they are pre-diabetic will look pre-diabetic. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely extreme again, not for everybody. A lot of us can not eat, but if you're an athlete, if you have a high metabolism, then you do often want a snack before bed. Um, just like we do with kids. Um, you know, we obviously don't want to eat ice cream, which is, I think a very popular before bed pastime, <laughs> but it's not, not between drinking and ice cream. If we could just solve that, that would probably create a, a much better sleep outcome, but I know everyone likes their, their alcohol and ice cream to fall asleep or milk but, and cookies. No, milk and sugar. Cookies, yeah. yeah the, the sugar part. If we can, if we and low glycemic index as part of that snack, um, that, that can really help, um, people feel more rested in the morning. Cause if you're doing all the right things for sleep and you still wake up tired, oftentimes it is a blood sugar element that's happening, um, that's going on. And, and, you know, you mentioned sort of taping his mouth for breathing. The breathing part is one of those other things. If you're not breathing well, um, it's, I know it doesn't, it doesn't sound like rocket science, but turns out if you don't breathe well, while you sleep, you don't, you don't sleep very well. Um, so anything you can do, and that's where people where you have sleep CPAP machines or whatever they're doing for that, it is worthwhile to make sure you're breathing, breathing correctly. We need to 
we need to breathe and sleep just like we do when we're awake. But when we're laying flat, our physiology, especially as we get older, the heavier we are, um, all of those influence the ability to, to get good oxygen into our bodies. And that has to be during, during sleep. Um, and, you know, so that's in some of your behaviors. Um, again, turning off sleep is a big part of it. Getting sunlight early in the day, moving your body early in the day, warming up to, to start your day. Um, and then the last one is that environmental pillar. And that's where your light and your sound, your temperature, even PEMF, um, managing e EMFs on the other side of that, you know, managing what's happening in your environment is really important. The things we see and the things we don't see in our environment um, will influence our sleep. Yeah, no, for sure. And that that's, again, that's such a great point because, you know, people with TVs in the room, like they don't, or blinking lights, you know, I notice this a lot when I go to hotels, right? Mm -hmm. It's when you become aware of it, it's shocking the number of little spotlights that are blinking in the room when you're in a hotel <laughs> It is actually, you know, people laugh, but you know, on the go kit that I was talking about for the athletes, we include a set of special stickers. Love it. Um, so <laughs> if they show up in a, in a hotel room, they actually have a sheet of stickers that are especially designed to not let light through. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, it sounds like a very low lift, but it's amazing what removing one of those really bad blinky things is, uh, and a, a simple sticker will, will fix <laughs> well, or, and I mean, the, the really, you know, the low tech hackers hack is black electrical tape. I used to always travel with a roll of black electrical yeah. tape. <laughs> I mean, now yeah. I'll, I'll just wear a sleep mask, but, but, uh, but my poor suffering husband has stood many a time on a precarious chair trying to reach you know, one of those little lights on the ceiling or whatever the case may be. I'm like, I can't sleep with that on. And he's like, oh my God, you're so complicated. <laughs> the, the sleep stuff is crazy for a hotel that, you know, sells a sleep space. But if you look at it on, even on their advertisements, they'll show you a picture of the room, but they're really not advertising. You're going to sleep amazing here. They're really like, here's a great restaurant. Here's a yeah. great spa. <laughs> you know, we're close to these amenities, but for a place where you're supposed to sleep, they don't advertise that you can sleep there. Well, there used to be a chain. Like, do you remember the chain in New York? Was it called Dream? Or it was called, I mean, this is going back years. Like this is in my past life before I was doing what I'm doing. And I used to travel for business. And there was this one New York, I don't know if it was a hotel or a train, a chain, and it was called Dream. And their whole pitch was their beds. It was, it was all about what your sleep experience is going to be, which I always thought was so smart because mm -hmm. what are you doing in a hotel room most of the time? Yeah. You're yeah, sleeping, like you're going to a hotel to sleep. Like you're not... <laughs> yeah, you're not hanging out for a long period of time. We have a couple partners. Um, we have Pan Pacific in London. Um, we have, I think there's more and more of a movement to, towards that um, in the sense that at, at some point you have to, if, especially if you're doing it for work, right? You have to show up the next day and be functional. And so if it's really noisy or if there's blinky lights, whatever it is, it's, it doesn't, doesn't deliver a great experience and it, and it's, you'll pay extra to have, to deliver that great sleep experience. So it, it really is coming. We've, we've got lots of different conversations. We've started with it, but it is, it is with our professional athletes. Um, we, we talk about it all the time, even just clips. Cause they're, I swear their blinds never close properly. Like, no, yeah. Like you need, like, they're always like, a little black. <laughs> You know, it's enough to drive you nutty. And I've also taken a towel and rolled it up and stuffed it under the door. 
I mean, mm-hmm. people must think I'm completely nuts, right? But sometimes you get, because the lights stay on so bright in the hallway and the front door, if it doesn't fit properly, you get like all this light streaming into your room. And it's amazing how little bit of light travels in darkness. Yeah. Like it just cuts yeah. through the darkness. Anyway. Yeah, I, I travel <laughs> with a weighted blanket now um, for that reason. Weighted blanket for me is part of that ritual that that helps me fix it. But TSA always is very curious. So like, what yeah. is that? Um, but it, it is it is definitely for me. That's that's one of my big triggers is that weighted blanket. Yeah, no, I am. I wear an EMF blocking t-shirt when I travel and TSA always has a field day with it because they're like, what are you wearing? And I mean, by now I've been through the scanner, I've done the pat down and the thing's lined in silver. And it's yeah. like the first time it happened, I didn't even trigger until I removed every possible piece of anything that could have set the thing off. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, I think it's my shirt. <laughs> and the woman was looking at me like, you're kidding me. I'm like, no, no, check it out. So I turn it inside out and she's like, what is that? And why are you wearing it? <laughs> <laughs> those poor TSA people. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they see all sorts of weird stuff, but yeah. Yeah. The conversation of like, what have you really got in there? Weighted blankets apparently look really weird on the, the x-ray machine. Oh, all but like a mass of metal, right? <laughs> I can imagine. All right. So, so we've talked about the stacks. I mean, obviously I don't, you know, I'm, I really, um, I think what's really interesting also when we look at supplements, which is kind of that other sphere what I find is an important conversation to have with people is until you've kind of addressed those those three pillars that you keep talking about, the mindset, the behaviors, and the environment, quite often the supplements won't do the work for you. I mean, they can help a little bit, like things like kava, you know, might help calming the mind. Like some of those supplements may be helpful, but I do find that if you haven't done that foundational pillar work, it's just not going to do it. Hey folks, quick thank you to our sponsor this episode, Bioptimizers, who have just released their fourth generation formula of magnesium breakthrough. It is now even more potent because it now includes cofactors, vitamin B6 and manganese that support the absorption of magnesium. And why is magnesium so important? Well, it's involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions and 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium. Every bottle of Magnesium Breakthrough will provide you with seven unique forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium, which can dramatically improve your health by helping you to sleep longer and deeper, by helping to reduce stress levels and helping you to feel calm, and by giving you abundant all-day energy to win at life. All one has to do is take two capsules before you go to bed, and you will be amazed by the improvements in your mood and energy levels. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magnesiumbreakthrough.com forward slash bionat and use bionat10 at checkout to save 10%. And one last thing, if you want your loved ones to be healthier, consider giving them the gift of Magnesium Breakthrough for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or even a spring birthday. And now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and I do have a pet peeve with supplements or or when people are sort of prescribed or told to go try magnesium or something, for an example. And, and to that point, you know, it's, it's an incremental, most, a lot of people are short on being sure. honestly properly hydrated is really what it works out to. We're not getting the minerals if we're, and, and in combination with that, we're eating a lot of processed foods, which in, in turn make it really hard for 
for our bodies to absorb the potassium and magnesium we need. Um, but I think a lot of people don't take them long enough either. And they mm. will often take them with the wrong other pairings. So it is important for supplements to understand and you probably have to Google it. Unfortunately, it's not a, always an easy serve, but magnesium, for example, shouldn't be drank with your morning coffee. The number of people, you know, bio bioavailability with, uh, putting it in an acid basically is, is not going to help that absorb absorption. So even if you're taking your magnesium, you're like, well, I took it, I took it. I, you're like, well, what did you take it with? And when did you take Mm -hmm. it does matter. And they don't always include that on the back of the bottle at the local drugstore version of what that is. So it is, it is oftentimes people will be cruising the aisle looking for solutions for sleep and they get stuck in, well, I tried this supplement. I tried this. And, and again, there has to be a scientific approach. There will be probably supplements that will help you, but again, you need a baseline of how are you sleeping? That is where sleep tracking would be helpful. You're using it in data. You're going to use it for supplements. Generally will take a period of time, at least two weeks. So if you took Mm -hmm. it for two days or three days and you're like, I don't know if I felt anything, then that's probably normal. You're going to feel those results. They're, they're incremental. As you mentioned, they're not like they're generally not mind blowing, you know, unless you're taking Ambien, which is a terrible thing. Bad I idea. <laughs> say enough about not doing that, but but you know, you're just basically hallucinating that you're actually asleep when you take that class of drug, um, and and they cause cancer over time. So the combination is, you know, don't if it, if you need it as a tool for a short period of time, but don't take those long term. And and even supplements, you know, make sure you're using them as the tool they are. Not this one pill is going to be fixing. Every, there's no silver bullet for yeah. for stuff, and and yeah. it's easy to get talked into with marketing that there's a silver bullet that's going to solve all your problems. And that really does go back to my sleep story. Even though temperature is amazing, it really can help you. It's an easy win. There's no sort of having to remember to take it, for example, but Mm -hmm. it is not a silver bullet. There is no one silver bullet. It is part of this recipe. It's part of an approach. It's part of a ritual. Um, For most people, there's not going to be, you know, there's probably exceptions to everything, but there's generally not one silver bullet solution for someone to, to fix everything. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think, I mean, the silver, if it is a silver bullet, it's because it was the missing piece. You Mm -hmm. know, you've got everything else kind of figured out and it's the one thing that's missing. Like I know that when I started using um, a device to cool my, my mattress at night, it automatically made my world better. Like my heart rate, like right away, my baseline heart rate variability improved. And this was consistently night after night after night. So, so you, it will It'll be to your like it's a piece of the puzzle, and mm-hmm. if you don't, and it's and it is, and I and I think what you said also is so important is that, and we are all guilty of this, is we expect to do something and we expect that result the next day, and it mm-hmm. takes time. Like you need the body needs time. Like let's say magnesium, let's say magnesium was a problem in hydration. Well, it's going to take time to get those baseline levels back up again. It's going to take time for your body to settle in and realize oh, look, we have access to this. And what are we going to do with it? I mean, your body knows what to do with magnesium, but still like you need, you need a, a not a meticulous, but you need a um, step-by-step approach to these things. And this is where, you know, the biohacker with that N of one mindset Mm -hmm. really shines. Right. And for you, like some, and I find people with like engineering physics backgrounds or science, these are people who like to write things down. They like to keep notes and keep track. And they're generally the people that get the best results. 
Yeah. And it always pays to journal, whether, you know, whether it's diet or sleep or whatever outcome you're looking for, that keeping of a journal will really, will really help how, what were the other factors? So that's the other sort of pet peeve, even with just that tracking is you need to put the context of what was the day you had when it was off and sleep is definitely, um, and over time. So we saw it with COVID with sleep tracking sleep mm. trackers, a lot of the scores would tank, um, a couple days before you'd actually show any outward symptoms. That's yeah. normal of a cold or any other virus as well. Um, even just underlying conditions will be apparent in sleep, but not apparent in broader symptoms before they, they kind of show up. And so sleep is, is an easy look back, but there's, there's things that are going on. So maybe your scores tanked and you're like, huh, I don't know what was, but if you wait a couple of days, it turned out you were getting a cold or, or something like that. That's where that journaling and the context of not just sleep data by itself, but, you know, oh, I had a really stressful day or I was, you know, I had a really hard workout that day or whatever those, those incremental factors are, they may not have a result on your sleep that next day, but they may have a sleep, you know, a bigger impact over time. Stress is one of those things that mm-hmm. you may sleep well the first night, especially if you've built up some sleep resilience. Um, but then if that stress continues, it will have an impact over time. And you can see that affecting your scores over time. So one bad day may not ruin everything, but bad days over time, are what's important. And that's, that is important to tie to those sleep outcomes. It shouldn't be just sleep data by itself. You need to understand the context of what, what may have caused that. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And the, and to, and the other thing you mentioned also the trends, right? So you may not detect a relationship between two events the first time it happens, but you Mm -hmm. will over, you might go back and say, so what was it with all those bad nights? Oh, look, those are the nights I was out for not chosen beer with my friends, like, I mean, you know, like to the, to the person who's very resistant to that message, sometimes they need to see, like, they need to see that, that reoccurrence of when I do a B is what happens, whatever, the, whatever a happens to be. I mean, I'm picking on not chosen beer, but it could be any number of other things. Right. And that's the hard part to even tell. There was a great study that came out last year from Kaiser Permanente. So they were using a software app, which is you know similar to what we have coming out for sleep, but it was for diabetics. And mm-hmm. they took some of the worst diabetics in the sense that they had A1C numbers that couldn't be moved. They tried every kind of drug under the planet and they weren't making any progress. And they put them on this sort of basically journaling where they're matching like what they did during the day, what they ate, where they, what activities did they do? What are they doing all day? And over time, um, and the the best example one was this guy, he is an early, you know, empty nester. His wife and him started watching popcorn in the evenings with their Netflix. It turned out the timing of the popcorn in the evening with his blood sugar levels for him individually was the the one problem. So that one change of popcorn itself isn't bad for a diabetic. So that would never come up in a doctor conversation. It wouldn't have sort of registered as like, uh, that is that really a bad idea? But in combination with where his blood sugar levels were and that pattern for him, it wasn't a great thing for him to be eating then. And just removing popcorn in the evening, switching it for a different snack, turned out to, to really move his numbers in a way that pharma couldn't touch. So he went from being at high risk to, to very low risk. And it's just about understanding the little tiny things. It's generally not big evolutionary it's it's our revolutionary it's evolutionary it's taking you know those small steps to get there every little win is important and all of those wins will get you towards that 
stack a recipe that is, is amazing. It's worth it. It's worth it to take the time to do that because the power then is you always have something to go back to. So you go on vacation and you're on a cruise or you're doing whatever and your total schedule is gets all thrown off. You do everything wrong. And then you're like, okay, now I'm not sleeping or I'm, yeah, you know, I need to lose weight, but then you have something to go back to. Mm -hmm. You have a, a source of truth that says, okay, I'm not totally lost again. I have something that I know works. And even if you choose to, to walk away from it for a period of time, we all kind of wander in our ability to stick and adhere to the rules. Um, and even if you've wandered off, you have something to go back to. Cause you're like, this did work for me before. So you don't have lose hope. You don't have that sense of despair that you had potentially, at least I know I did when I really couldn't sleep. There was a sense mm. of despair of I'm the only person on the planet that's awake right now and I, I can't sleep. And that, that is, it is something you have to break out and, and temperature is a quick, was a quick win for that, but it's also, you know, what are the other incrementals that get you all the way out of that hole? Yeah, no. And, and I mean, you were in, a, in a tough, you know, I mean, you were in possibly the, one of the most single stressful situations that can hit a person. Right. So working through all of that and then getting to a point where you're, you at least can say, okay, sleep, I got to sleep. Right. Which you're not in, in the first stages. Have we left anything out? Because now I feel like what we need to tie up this podcast is talk about what's happening with sleepme.com, which is, and you've got, you know, you've got now this family of products, really like an evolution a lot of what you're talking about here is an evolution and it starts with the cube. It moves to the Uller and then the new doc pro, the new doc pro. So maybe let's just talk a little bit about the cube because I think the cube is probably still a great device. I mean, I have the Uller, but, but let's talk about the cube because people, you know, there's different, price yeah, there's all different and, levels. Yeah. yeah. So the cube is our opening price point and there's an opening price point in every market for a reason. Cause it's just, simple. And when you think about a thermostat for your bed, which is really what it is, it's the old fashioned dial ones that were on the wall and you set the temperature and it's stated that temperature. Um, you can still, you know, manage that. Uh, again, I used a cube for, uh, you know, we invented it. So that's where it came from. Um, but I would still use it. I'd use it to warm up. And then once I had been in bed, read for a little bit, I'd cool it down and it takes about 20 minutes to get to wherever it was cooling, which was about the right amount of time to fall asleep, but it's got a remote. There's no app, there's no complexity to it. So, you know, a lot of people, um, we get them sold into nursing homes a lot. So there's, it's not to say that uh, that generation just is the only folks that don't like apps, but if you're not an apps person and you don't want to have a scheduling, um, the cube is a great, easy way. It comes in dual control for your bed. So it's got all the same features, arguably a, a very similar cooling profile to the Uller. It's, it really is about like a little bit more simple if that's the way you want to do for your life. Um, and then the Uller is really more like your programmable. If you've heard of Nest or a programmable thermostat, that's really the goal of that app is to is to be able to create a schedule so it can automatically turn on. So if you know you go to bed around the same time and you want to have it warm to fall asleep, mine comes on uh, right around nine o'clock because I know I want to climb in. I want to read for a little bit. I want to be warm while I'm doing that. And then, you know, usually about 945, I have it set to start cooling off. So by that time, I should be headed into sleep. I use it to warm up. It has a warm awake alarm that I had mentioned, um, which is a great way to wake up. You won't need another alarm. I promise if you try the warm awake version and no sounds have to sort of, you can't snooze it. Um, that there's, you know, when we think of the snooze, it's terrible for your sleep yeah. to snooze. Okay. Again, in fact, you're not turning off sleep. Um, the warm awake, you can't snooze it. 
Um, so you're just going to be wide awake and warm, um, which is great. So that's the Uller that we have today. And then the Doc Pro is um, sort of the next evolution of that um, from the sense that it is higher thermal capacity. And why we need higher thermal capacity is the ability to manipulate sleep states at night. So it's got all the programmable features that you will find with your Uller, but then there's um, other coaching that happens with it. So the Sleep Me app is, is really our evolution when I talk about sleep me and and this future state it's to have a one source um, app that can you can do coaching you can we have a sleep tracker that'll be coming out later this year um, probably in September um, that can manipulate the the doc pro back and forth so you can use your sleep tracker so it's got real-time data so it knows when you're in deep sleep um, and be able to move that dial a little bit to enhance your deep sleep so what that hap- what happens and that's a patented approach where if we know your sleep states we have a have to the accuracy required to do that is significantly more than a wearable and you don't have to remember to charge it. It's got a very low EMF profile, but the combination of that feedback loop happening for you really describes the future state of sleep me. So you can have, ultimately by the end of the year, you'll have a standalone app option. If you just want some tips and tricks and you can have it with a sleep tracker, you can have it with the doc pro and you got temperature control. But as we look at it, the future state, I want you to show up in bed and um, I want to be able to control the lights and sound. We connect to Alexa. So if you have an Alexa type schedule where you're dimming lights, I want you to be able to just show up and sleep just works. That's really mm-hmm. the future state. I want people to not have to be stressed about sleep. It should be yeah. easy. You still have to manage your mindset. You still have to manage your behaviors, but in general, if we can make that as easy as possible, sleep is the last thing on most people's list for a reason, because your life is really busy and it it takes up your whole life. So when you show up to bed, it really needs to work for you. So that's the future state of this ecosystem where we can, we can play around with whatever else is in your smart home. If you have a smart home devices, um, but we can deliver that to the best way possible. That's where the doc pro platform is headed. Yeah. So I have a question about the sleep tracker. What are you using to track pe- a person's sleep state? Is it a, yeah. is it a wrist? A, like, is it a, no, it's an in-bed sensor so um, it's in the mattress pad. That's the cooling pad. So, like, no, it's separate. Cause then we, people have the opportunity to use it um, with or without. So it does have oh. a low EMF profile, but it's, it's really, so low on the, it's, it's less than the innate background for most people in today's homes with TVs and air conditioners and all the other EMFs that are in there. Mm-hmm. We've really worked on that, but it is, um, developed out of Finland in a sense of, at a medical grade level, um, for sleep tracking, because most of your sleep trackers, as I mentioned, like your auras or your bio loops, their accuracy for sleep states is just not high enough to want to manipulate someone's sleep while they're sleeping. No. Do that. Yeah. Like BioTrack um, doesn't even separate REM from, from deep. It just lumps them together and says, this is your, which is probably more accurate for them to do yeah. honestly. Um, but we've really worked on that accuracy. We have an AI, um, algorithm running in the background to even improve that over time. We use machine learning to learn how you sleep and be able to more accurately improve your sleep over time. So that's where that loop gets closed and you don't have to think as much about that program that you would with your Uller of like, when should I be doing what? Um, it can, Mm -hmm. it can work on improving that for you while you're asleep. Because again, 
knowing how you slept the next day is great. It's powerful if you act on it. Um, but if it can be improved and you wake up in the morning more rested and you can incrementally get there faster because we're understanding what we need to do to get you there, that's really the future state of sleep, I believe, anyway. Yeah, so literally this thing is going to then warm up your bed when it realizes, when it when it figures out that you're done with, basically done with deep. So it's going to start mm-hmm. to kind of titrate the temperature up gradually to bring you to that to, yeah, so there's a that switch at the right time. There's a baseline the seven days where it, it learns how you sleep a little bit. So there's yeah. a you know a, a window of where it's going to be calibrating uh, the equivalent of that, and and you'll get basic sleep data during that time. But um, it takes about seven days for it to see a whole week. A lot of people sleep differently throughout a week, so yes. it needs a week to sort of understand the variations of of how people sleep, um, and that's why it can be removed from the pad. It just slides under it. So if someone calibrates it and wants to do it, they've got a schedule set, and they don't want to incrementally have that long term. They have can, but um, we all know sleep changes throughout a month throughout a year, throughout day to day. Um, so it can be used on a year round basis to, to manage that, but it's, it's totally up to the individual, how they use it. For sure. Well, even women who are cycling, right. Women in their Mm -hmm. reproductive years are going to have different sleep cycles, different temperature needs at different times of their cycle during the month. So that's pretty, that's a pretty sweet, uh, Yeah. And it recognizes the temperature in the pad. So again, for hot flashes, we have a study coming out. It's in um, peer review right now for menopausal women, but, you know, being able to manage your temperature at night, Uh not having huge hot flashes turns out if you get better sleep, which again is all about the sleep story, even less about the temperature. But if you don't have as many hot flashes at night, you have less during the day because you're sleeping better. Um, And so that's really the power of, of sleep, but it does, it will be able to respond in real time to those hot flashes. And then you shouldn't wake up at all. That's and amazing. Most of the time the Uller mitigates it almost entirely, but this, this is sort of the extra factor. If that pad starts to heat up more than it should, um, based on the, you know, biological parameters, then it'll adjust it a little bit cooler. That's amazing. I mean, cause I know that just having something like an Uller can make a huge difference to women going through that, you know, that unpleasant stage of menopause where body temperature becomes a complete gong show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, we think about temperature and we kind of take it for granted, but if we don't feel even just a little bit yucky, we have, we run a fever, we're too hot where our temperature thermostat is the first thing indicator almost of, of something's off or we're, we're wonky in some way. Um, you know, so no matter what your disease profile, we have a lot of people going through cancer treatment and they don't have a good temperature profile because the drugs they're taking as part of that treatment, put them on a roller coaster. Um, you know, MS is similar. I mentioned uh, we have a relationship with Terry Walls, but you know, again, a lot of those folks are suffering with bad profiles when it comes to temperature. It's not consistent. It's really hard to get to sleep. Um, so temperature is just one of those easy easy fixes. Um, that's a life improvement when you're, no matter what you're going through, we have, um, military folks, PTSD. Mm-hmm. So high depression, high PTSD levels of, of, you know, wherever they are in their journey. Um, you're not going to get deep sleep anymore. You're basically going to, your brain waves will stay up in this highly activated state. And so they're not able to sleep. And so temperature again, bypasses that and says, no, it's okay. And we're able to get people to sleep. And if they can sleep, then the, all of the symptoms start to get oh, yeah. better because it's not sleeping is a big factor in mental health. And so it creates this horrible cycle of the worse you sleep, the worse you have mental health and the worse you have mental health, the worse you sleep. And you can't get out of that, you know, spiral to the bottom. Um, so it, it is, it's, 
it's amazing how simple it is, but it affects a lot of things and the number of people that it helps. It's, it's really heartwarming to me and definitely part of the why that, you know, on the business entrepreneur part of, okay, I'm working another weekend. It's yeah. definitely the why it's those testimonials of, okay, I, I didn't sleep through the night for 10 years. I'm off Ambien now. Those are the whys. Those are the calls that say, yeah, I, I'm going to keep doing this. For sure. I mean, you can, you, you have the same narrative for obesity, right? Not sleeping. And, and as you said earlier, dysregulated blood sugar, worse HbA1c, and it just perpetuates or pain or inflammation. I mean, there's, you know, I can't think of anything that's not going to, to benefit. I mean, people with chronic pain, I'm sure on a cool mattress are going to sleep better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to solve all their problems. Of course, they still have to work with whatever tools they have to manage the issues, but that cooler bed is going to automatically bring you some, like just the coolness of the mattress brings some relief when you have pain. Yeah. And, and, and sleep, I think, you know, the, the one sort of constant about sleep, we talk about financial, you know, retirement, you'll see your Charles Schwab advertisements of these grandparents pushing their grandkids and they talk about financial freedom. But when we think about health span freedom, all every disease of the elderly is now attached to lack of deep sleep. And in particular, your Alzheimer's, your cognitive loss, your memory loss to me, you know, having financial freedom is obviously important, not throwing up, you know, don't, don't budget yourself. But if I have all the money in the world and I'm in a nursing home, and I don't remember my kids, my family, my friends, I am not functional brain wise. I'm not sure I care if I have that much money. Honestly, I care way more that I I'm sleeping better. So for the amount of time that people spend on their financial planning, they really need to invest in their wellness planning and their sleep planning. It's, it's critical because when, you know, it's, it's like building, if you can save when you're 20, it definitely makes a difference. And the sooner you jump on the bandwagon, you know, anytime you do is great, but the sooner you jump on the bandwagon of investing in yourself and the time to get to that wellness map and that, that sleep recipe or stack, you know, your fitness stack, your, your diet stack, all of those pieces, the sooner you get to that spot and you can maintain it, your health span freedom at the end is a much better picture. The mortality rates are better. You know, every, everything looks better at the end of life when you've invested in yourself and wellness first. Love it. So true. So true. I love that. Well, this seems like a reasonable place to kind of wrap things up, unless you think there's anything we haven't shared that you would like to share. But beyond that, um, if there isn't anything, then maybe we can share with people how and when they can get, so how they can find you or your company, especially with the new branding and all that, maybe there's been a change. And also when the new cube will be out for people who just have to have the latest and the greatest and the most fanciest and, you know, most sophisticated piece um, when the, when the, uh, when the doc pro comes out, or if you don't want to wait for the doc pro or you're not that person, then you can just run out and get your Uller and cube 
tomorrow if you are today. <laughs> yeah. So I think based on when the podcast will come out, that today is already past launch, very That's likely, true. but That's launch true. is March 10th of, for that. So I think they should be good to get whatever they want. The launch for the inside of the sleep tracker will be around September. It's in beta testing at the moment. Um, and it will have a clinical study that's going on at the university of Arizona to benchmark that, um, sort of accuracy. So all of that's in place. So that'll come out in September. Um, if you want to find and just buy the thermal regulation products, chillysleep.com is, is still the place to go for that. Um, and, you know, as we expand into sleep me and and it's just sleep.me. There's nothing too complicated about it. We like the brand because it is all about me when it comes to sleep and about having a great sleep for me as an individual that, that N equals one or N of one is you were talking about. Um, and that's where you can find yoga nidra. You can find breathing activities. You can find all of the products there as well. Um, and that's definitely where the future state is headed, but there's two sites right now, which makes it a little more complicated, but there's all sorts of blogs and other information. So if you're just curious about other things we talked about, um, and you just want to know more about all things sleep, um, there's a whole like categories and categories of different sort of research and information there. Thank you. Okay. Well, that's great. So, and for the sleep tracker that comes out in September, that can be added to the doc pro that will be available. Mm -hmm. Like by the time this podcast comes out, I completely forgot we're recording this in, uh, in at the beginning of March and, and the products launching shortly. So you can get the doc pro now, and then you mm -hmm. can add the sleep tracker feature in September when it comes out. Yeah. And you can enjoy okay. it. Then you can enjoy it all summer. And like I said, that one in particular, if you're home is one where, uh, you don't air conditioning is something you'd love to live without. Um, this, this definitely gives you that option for the doc pro. I don't know if that's specifically called out on the, on the website that way, but it is in, in terms of Canada on those nice summers where you, you know, it's coolish, but you want to be, want to be cooler at night and you can just want the windows open, no air conditioning. This is your option. Um, but all of the other ones will be air conditioning add-ons. Perfect. Okay. So, and we do have some discount codes for people. So for the Uller in the cube, if you're a cube and Uller person, you can use discount code NAT30 and that'll save you 30% off. And for the newer uh, Doc Pro, we have another code, which is NAT10, um, and that'll save you 10% on the newest, shiniest object in the, <laughs> in, in the collection, as it were. So yeah, in the sleep universe? In the sleep universe. Yeah. So Tara, thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed meeting you and talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Next time I'll have to come up and maybe we can do it in person. I got to visit. Totally. You. Come to the cottage. Yep. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.